1: up welcome to episode 323 of the on the corner podcast i am not alex fast or david mendelson i'm actually miles nelson here as always with nick pollock what is happening yes miles is here uh fast will be back
2: in future weeks don't worry uh but miles was amazing was able to step in tonight on very very short notice and that energy at the beginning you know I, i appreciate that so much miles Bringing that energy to the table as we're going to talk about week five of our top 100 starting pitchers. But very exciting uh, news is that we have our new podcast coming out very, very shortly. It's called the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. It's a proper show. It will be live streamed on Twitch every week. And we'll have more to tell you about that later this week. So stay tuned for that. But Miles, we we have some pitchers to talk about today
1: we do have some pictures to talk about. I just want to say that I am very excited for the Nick and Alex baseball show, because if there's anything this world needs more, it's more time for you and Alex fast to spend together and just get all of your wild manic energy (laughs) out. Uh, It is. It's one of those things where obviously when, you know so I, I i was on this podcast back in october when we were live at first pitch arizona yes. uh alex unfortunately didn't make it to that you know was there and heckling
2: us it was wonderful
1: absolutely we had Paul Sporer was there uh mm. just giving me the you know the little silent thumbs up from outside the outside the room just just let me know I'm I'm doing okay I'm doing yeah, all right you know great and uh but, but when you messaged me yesterday to say hey you know I might need you you know I might need you to step in to, to pinch hit as it were uh I was like oh man you know I gotta make sure I'm ready for this. You know, it's different. It's a different environment. I don't have I don't have Eno to rely on drunkenly <laughs> screaming at us about Robbie Ray. Although, actually, I don't want to give him too much away, but that we he might have something to say about us this episode with Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, and so listening to some old episodes of you and fast and just that manic energy that he brings, uh, yeah, we need more of that stuff. It's the, gonna be the perfect uh pick me up because you guys are streaming in the evening, it'll be so much fun. Can't wait for that, uh, for sure. But Let's talk about pitching, what everyone came here for. Uh, and let's start with tier one of the list. So, Nick, you know, I I learned my lesson. I know. We got to start with what is this? What is it called? Why is it called that? Yes. So, we have
2: Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, and Max Scherzer. And it's a triangle of trust, which I'm sure that I've called this before. And now to even say, I bet I did. But you know what? It's three guys that you trust, and they make a lovely triangle maybe holding hands I don't know they're here for you and uh, that's great they haven't changed places Garrett Cole just did an amazing 28 with game uh yesterday on Sunday almost the season lead.
1: almost Almost.
2: Shohei Otani with 29 um established that and it's no Patrick Sandoval (laughs) from last year but that's all right um, and, of course, Max Scherzer, I mean, he didn't even have his best stuff, and he was still serviceable, and that's something to be said about being in the top three. So, yeah, those guys, they haven't changed, and no one's really been banging out the door demanding to enter their trust triangle.
1: I kind of thought you'd call this tier something like – um the skippables, or like I don't have to worry about you, or like the, the easiest the Netflix part of intro? my stream. <laughs> yeah, just just something where you're like, okay, cool. There's these three. They're at the top. We're done. Next. Yeah, you don't need on. it. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's tier two. Intro. I love that. Let's go to tier two. Uh, tier two, much bigger tier. We've actually had a bunch of newcomers. Um, They're all at the bottom of the tier, so we'll get to them. But tier two, uh, right now, Brandon Woodruff, Walker Bueller, obviously at the top. They're not knocking on the door. Walker Bueller, with what happened last week, not knocking on the door. We'll get to that. Well, okay, well, well what that. are we going to get to first? Well, oh, the names, what all the names, what is it? What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> keep listing them off! Keep listing them off, Miles! No, keep what is going. this tier called? What is this tier called? <laughs> what is it
0: called? Brandon Woods, Walker
2: Buehler, Kevin Gaussman, Joe Musco. Keep in mind, when you say that, you're stalling for me. Lucas Giolito, Carlos <laughs> Rodan, Max Fried, Alec Manoa, and Justin Verlander. And this, um, I, I would say... Oh, man, there's so many different ways I can go. I actually, this week, I have a whole random word generator to help me do topics that aren't food. And the first thing I saw... no no food. No food here. The first noun is dinner. Hey, y'all, I'm really sorry about this. Uh, Sadly, our audio got messed up right here, and we didn't realize until the podcast was over. It's just really quick. It's just we didn't really get any tier two discussion. Uh, The highlights, we called it uh, chemistry class because these players are the nucleus of your team pretty good theoretically I could have done the electrons are tier three and tier four because they hover around the nucleus and they want to be that but they're not um but yeah I mean it was a very un- understandable conversation uh where they had new aces gonna ace tier guys like Manoa and Fried and Verlander that were very much worthy and otherwise everyone else was just kind of killing it and that's pretty dang cool but also how dare Gaussman walk anybody I don't know anyway that's it for tier two it's a pretty easy quick discussion It's only a couple minutes
1: Um, We're going to go back into tier three now. So sorry about that. Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, and Julio Urias, uh, the three pitchers here three. Did that give you enough time to come up with the name of tier three? Oh, I got it. It's 720p
2: because they are technically (laughs) high resolution, but they're not quite as sharp as you want them to be.
1: (laughs) They, uh, you know, I got to say, it's actually funny you bring up resolution because I was just uh watching something in 720p on youtube and I, like maybe it's yesterday like, it, right? why it's not Man, why is it this high def like this doesn't look <laughs> normal this, this looks this looks like 144p from 10 yeah, years right? ago i'm it's so insane. i'm so
2: uh, uh spoiled uh, now but, by, so by, here's by, the thing though 50. right so so shane mcclanahan is getting there and i think he's actually mm-hmm. one label away or one label one start away from getting his label um mm-hmm. of ace is gonna ace uh he was throwing over 100 100.7 on one of his fastballs and i think he's found the right groove of about 30 percent fastballs on some nights other nights when he doesn't have as many whiffs on his change of recurring ball he can rely 45 percent of the time on fastballs like he just did and survived five innings and did well mm-hmm. and i'm really excited about jim mcclanahan he was the the feature of the list uh alcantara um is still my my ba- my boy you know he's my bag he's, <laughs> he's everything to me and I remember actually seeing some people say, when are you going to put Pablo Lopez above Alcantara? They'll always be compared to each other being just really good pitchers in Miami. Right. And right. I still have this memory back in July of last year where I got a lot of pressure from that. You know, Lopez was near a three ERA and Alcantara maybe around three, five or so and had some rocky starts, no pun intended there. And I I still stuck with it saying so like, no, I expect from this point on, Sandy will be better than Pablo and I still obviously feel the same way with that. That said, his command is not what we want it to be at the moment. And hopefully Alcantara can uh, can really lean more into just throwing strikes and really having the method of I don't need to throw the best sinker, the best slider ever. Just get it more in the zone and overwhelm in that way because there are a lot of bats that he has where because batters aren't chasing the same way that they do, it's just missing a little bit too much. he has these deeper counts. Uh, and that's leading to more walks, and you know, he's still very efficient in some at bats because the sinker is that filthy, but it's just not quite as pristine as I know it can be, especially with the slider. Um, and I know it will be over time, just give him more volume, which he always does, and that's a wonderful thing. And lastly, your boy, Urias. I think he's gotta love that guy. Yeah, he's still throwing softer though, it's not the 94 mm-hmm. 95, it's more like 92 93, and I do have some worry that because of it, we're going to see some sort of decline. Uh, in overall performance, we haven't seen it quite yet, but I do think it's the the days of him being a de facto number, you know, or de facto number one and inside the top ten it's likely over until the the, the velocity comes back. While McClanahan and Alcantara can be that guy, so that's why both of them are still ranked above Urias. But I felt that all three of them, they don't have the ace is going to ace label, but they also aren't, you know, they are are step ahead of the guys in tier four.
1: Right. And with Alcantara, and you've kind of already answered this question, but I kind of want to uh, put it out there plainly. You know, you see the the minus six, you see he drops from tier two to tier three. Um, and for anyone who, you know, may be into the market right now, it, you're looking at Alcantara's stock dropping, you're looking at your actual stocks dropping and you're like, man, like, is this the start of something for Alcantara? Is he going to continue to drop here? Should I be concerned about Alcantara and maybe try to trade him now before it continues to drop? But it sounds like, based on how you were just talking about him, that you aren't concerned about that, that this might be, you know, quote-unquote the bottom, or he may only have a little bit more to drop. Right? Um, is, yeah, is, is, that, is that the case?
2: Yeah, no, I think that over time Alcantara is going to soar
1: okay well so from tier three we'll move down to tier four which has another pitcher who dropped six spots another pitcher who dropped not just one but two tiers someone will definitely have to talk about but before we do that let me give you time to come up with what is it what is it called why why is it called that uh let's start with all of the pitchers and i believe the largest tier that you have in the list uh here this week uh tier four so we've got robbie ray logan webb frankie montas freddie peralta chris bassett pablo lopez coming for sandy alcantara they're, they're getting a lot closer uh dylan cease aaron nola shohei otani uh clayton kershaw and zach Gallen. nick what is this large tier called i'm about to upset so many people
2: <laughs> i i'm gonna call it samsung because Why? <laughs> let me let me tell you, let me get let me get this straight right like bassett i adore i adore pablo lopez i adore nola otani Gallen. i love you know and the samsung galaxy is an incredible phone but honestly i, I love my apple i love my apple iphone mm, and mm. they're not quite everyone kind of knows like there's apple and there's samsung and like samsung does some great things but it's not
1: apple you so know. you're looking at, you're looking at these pictures. You're like, man, look at all these great features. Look yeah. at, look at all these great benefits. <laughs> oh my God. The, the price, it's a little cheaper. Wow. The, the right. camera's even better. But at the end of the day, you're still yeah. just going to go pick look, up that. IPhone. Guys, you're I'm, not getting yeah, Galaxy. That's
2: awesome. They have a Samsung and you love it. You love it. You know, like those that love Dylan Cease, they love it. They love hey, it. I a love lot. Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett's, know,
0: Bassett's been great. I did, great I'm great. such Both a
2: gallon gal, right? I'm a gal and gal and all this stuff. But, um, you know, let's be honest uh if if iphones were exactly the same price as the samsung's then you would probably just get
1: the iphone you know right and and that's just not 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 the case it's a good thing uh, i'm also an iphone person because this (laughs) this whole conversation could have gone so differently if i'm sitting here on my galaxy like how he said
2: what oh man i no i mean exactly but they're amazing they're amazing phones and i uh, yeah anyway you get it okay so So let's
1: let's talk about the pictures (laughs) let's let's do that let's go back to that thing Let's talk about, I for. think the thing we have to talk about most, what everyone is coming to this podcast, probably to look at it. If you look at the list first and you come listen to this, the, the number one thing you probably want to hear uh, other than your thoughts on George Kirby, we'll get there. But uh, Robbie Ray yeah. dropping, not just dropping six spots. Um, that's that's a big drop. But also, I mean, I know at least when I look at the list, I, I always think of the tiers first because I know uh, with tiers, it's a little bit more indicative than just straight up ranking on the list. Robbie Ray drops two whole tiers. He was in tier two last week. He's in tier four this week. Uh, What happened that he went all the way from being an iPhone 12 to now yeah. being a Samsung Galaxy? Now, hold on. We're up to 13, 14 now. So I don't know if you want
2: to be a 12. Oh, oh, uh, oh I
1: don't even know. Okay. I'm on a 10. Okay. <laughs> let me
2: be. Hey, me too. All right. Cool. Anyway, I uh, you know Robbie Ray actually hasn't done enough to showcase either a that he is going to get back to 2021 levels or mm-hmm. that b that he can i uh, have higher success with the fastball he has now. Mm-hmm. This is not a ranking saying that Robbie Ray is done. I don't believe that. Otherwise I would put him down at 16 something like that. Right. Yeah. I I'm putting in weights for hey maybe he does get his velocity a little bit farther back up. For example, mm-hmm. we saw 93.6 on the 30th and we saw it back to down to 93 on may 5th for robbie ray's fastball right that's good we're happy to see that we saw a lot more slider whiffs in the last one. we saw 10 of them but mm-hmm. it was forward runs and he allowed eight baseman only five strikeouts because his fastball just wasn't as amazing as we normally see and mm-hmm. i uh you know we didn't really see any whiffs with it just five over 66 isn't quite the robbie ray experience that we want so i i'm understanding okay the idea of robbie ray the stalwart for 200 innings at a 3-3 ERA or something along those lines and a 30% K rate maybe that isn't the life he's going to have he's at a 20% K rate right. now I don't think it's going to be a 20% but it might not be a 30 and that's still fine it's still a right you know I had the uh preseason projection which I hate projections so whatever <laughs> as you see me uh cut my hands over my mouth but at like a three fifty two ERA and a one fourteen WHIP and a thirty percent K rate, right? And ultimately, I think that's somewhat close to what to expect. Maybe it's a three six or three seven, but that's just it's also very close. He's at a four four now, I don't think he's going to be that bad. Yeah. Um, and probably the K rate is going to come down if the fastball velocity stays where it is. And I don't rule out completely that it will. You know that this is who he is. So that's all I'm getting at. The volume, it will be there, which is a great Mm -hmm. thing and very valuable thing to have a workhorse on your team. And if it's Mm a 25% strikeout rate, that still could very well be 200 strikeouts for the year. That's huge. So Robbie Ray is still very good, but yeah, he's probably more like an SP2 than he is an SP1. I've
1: uh, I've seen a lot of like layman... Uh analysis on Robbie Ray, you know, various places online, Twitter, uh, the Pitcherless Plus Discord, which you should totally be a part of, Pitcherless.com. Plus Plus. Come hang out, talk to us about baseball. Uh, Say that basically the issue is Robbie Ray last year. Uh, what, what what made Robbie Ray so good last year is he stopped trying to get cute with his fastball and he just threw the fastball for strikes and just said, I dare you to try to hit it. You're not actually going to. And this year, you know, like you do that long enough and batters go, okay, I'll just swing at the fastball and try to hit it. Is that, True. Is that actually is our layman, you know, the layman analysis that's out there, is that actually happening, or is this something else with Robbie Ray?
2: So there's two things. Uh one, uh zone rate is pretty similar, 57% on the fastball last mm-hmm. year, 54% this year, and before it was always sub 50%. Mm-hmm. So I am seeing this as yeah, Robbie Ray is still throwing in the zone, and that's good. He's getting fewer swings out of the zone than he did last year as he's still like near about two ticks underneath the fastball velocity. From last season. So that makes sense. You throw harder. You're going to get more indecisive swings on pitches right. that are not inside the zone. And voila, that that's that's a major part of it. Um, the other aspect I will mention is these had to throw more sliders inside the zone than we normally see. yeah, And it's a slight dip in swing strike rate because of it. I, I, I don't really know if that's really it. I think it's all just kind of rooted in that heater. Also, a very small sample of the season. And right. I do think that Robbie Ray can be Robbie Ray with a 20% swing straight rate slider um, and a 38% O swing while his four seamer lives at 93. I think that's still very, very good. Um, it's just not necessarily the, the Cy Young award winner that was Robbie Ray 2021.
1: Right. right. Um now let's go from one darling of 2021 that being Robbie Ray to another you know, darling picture of 2021 being Logan Webb, who also dropped from, he dropped from tier three to tier four, uh, moved down only one actual spot uh, on the, on the list, but Logan Webb now a tier four starter, not sticking with, you know, Urias and, Al- and Alcantara and tier three. Um, what's going on with Logan Webb for you that he, you know, has to drop down and stay below Robbie Ray.
2: Absolutely. I, Logan Webb is actually very similar to Robbie, right? It was just mentality of, okay, these guys being SP ones and true elite starters, these other ones we've been talking about in tier two, right? They Max Freed and Alec Manoa and Justin Verlander. These guys are acting as workhorses and coming with strikeouts ratios galore. It's all there. Right. And Logan Webb, Molly's well, feeling more like a good ratio play that isn't necessarily a 30% strikeout arm. And that's fine. And that's okay. Again, as an SB2, I think also the ratios are a little bit more susceptible. Um, you're not going to see that chance at that one whip with a sub three ERA that you might get from the other ones. It's a chance. Honestly, I'm not saying that a lot of guys will do that, but the possibility just feels a little bit different when you're such Mm -hmm. a ground ball guy. And we've seen Logan Webb get singled out uh, more than once this year because he is susceptible to that. Uh, So Logan Webb still very good. And uh, by the way, I do want to mention we are getting close. This is very exciting to a thousand people with PO plus now, um, which is insane. That's incredible. Uh so you can be the thousandth one soon. So go sign yeah. up. Patrust.com
1: slash plus. Join our Discord. Uh, you will not regret it. Oh, absolutely not. And I mean, listen, you get to come in, you get to talk baseball. Well, what what more could what more is there in life, right? <laughs> uh, more our off-topic section and our QB list
2: if you're into that. So there you go. Go check it out. And of course, again, ad free website. You know, you get my Plus Pitch podcast every single morning in addition um, as a thank you to everybody who has uh, supported us with PL+. Plus. So, yeah, just go
1: and do that. What are you doing? Yeah. And then and then you can come in and you can talk. Instead of waiting for the podcast, you could be talking to people about these next two pitchers who jumped into Tier 4 from below, from Tier 5, making their way up. Instead of us talking about these these people who drop all the time and it's so sad. Mm. Let's talk about people who moved up. Let's talk about first Shohei Otani jumping nine spots from 33rd on the list all the way to 24th, getting into tier four. I mean, obviously had that amazing start against the Red Sox. I'm sure that had a little bit of something to do uh, with where he is on the list. So what, you know, Otani here being 24th uh, is, I mean, and we're talking just pitcher Otani, obviously, Uh, if you're in the ESPN league, you get the batting stats too. I mean, that's fantastic. But just pitcher Otani top 25 pitcher now, Uh, Nick, what's going on here? I mean, you know, he's doing his best Vanessa Carlton impression by making his way
2: downtown into the top twenty-five. Uh, Shohei Otani adding nine bases
1: pass as he
2: as he goes to, uh, up the list. <laughs> he's he has the ace is going to ace label because let's be honest. I mean, you throw him in there every single time and he yep. just dominates, right? Um, the biggest question still is how many innings is Shohei Otani going to pitch, and it's different than someone like Carlos Rodon because if Carlos Rodan Is hurt. He goes in the IL and does not take a roster spot. But if Otani misses starts, it might still mean that he's hitting, which means Mm -hmm. it's just a dead roster spot in your in your line and on your bench, and that hurts. That Mm -hmm. impact is a lot worse than just a casual injury. So I have to lower that a bit. I still expect around last year's mark of 130, um, which isn't 180, 190, like a lot of the other guys above. Every one above, I'm expecting every five days going out there and starting not to mention this is every six because it is the angels too if you're lucky so that's the only reason why he's as low as he is i mean otani is doing things with his slider and it's really been the difference maker this season for otani as he's relied on a lot more Um, it's a less splitter town and more sweeping town and Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's just great to watch
1: yeah. Also, fewer chances at two start weeks with, as you mentioned, yeah. the six uh, six man rotation. Plus, also with Otani hitting every day, um, there's that added uh, increase, you know, risk of of injury. Uh, plus, also the fact that they might shuffle the rotation around at any given point in time if Otani. You know, uh, is a little nicked up from the day before uh, or two days Skip before over. his start. Exactly. Or are they pushing back a day or two, and all of a sudden a week where you were going to get a Saturday or Sunday start is a week where you got no pitching stats, from nothing Ontario whatsoever. That was the yeah, worst the part. By Gene the way, but his, getting nothing. That was the worst part of his of his first season. I remember because his day was Sunday. That was the day he was oh, always right. said to be a starting oh, pitcher, and if stuff. anything happened. If anything yeah. at all happened to bump him back, you literally got nothing from Otani. And that made it so That's risky uh, to start him as a pitcher at any time. But uh, he seems to be, you know, all of that notwithstanding, uh, or all of that said, I should say, he does seem to be doing very well. He does get his his turns in the rotation. Um, and and as, as you mentioned, Nick, Ace is going to Ace. That means if he's on the mound... Uh, if he's on the mound, even if you have him as both a hitter and a pitcher, get him out of your lineup. Put him in as a starter. It, you got to get him on the mound no matter what's happening. I don't care if he's in Colorado facing their worst pitcher. Uh, You get him as a starter and not as a hitter because he's just that good on the mound. Um, What about Zach Gallen? You're a Gallen gal. You love Zach Gallen. He's moved all the way up uh, into tier four, uh, moving up two spots. Uh, what are you seeing with Zach Gallen that, that's moving him up for you? I really love Zach Gallen's fastball command oh uh, you could have to just stop i stopped. I, really I love Zach Gallon, yeah, really and everyone knows oh, and we're good have you a know, good night everyone thank you so much for listening i
2: i even released the legendary zach gallon article you know I, I i've really made strides with the man in the past month. i <laughs> uh, if you don't remember that one two months ago finally put it out everything you need to know about zach gallon the legendary lost interview from 2019 out of the vault. And into your phones and computers to consume. Okay, Uh, Zach Gallen has a fantastic force team. He's locating it super well. Uh, His changeup curveball and cutter are really these... I don't think we've seen the peak of Zach Gallen quite yet. Uh, But the curveball has been effective. The the cutter has gotten a ton of strikes. Uh, The changeup still has a really nice O-swing of 41% and a 42% zone rate. And it's a 15% swing strike rate. And that's technically a money pitch, but the swing strike rate is below average on, on changes. Actually, it's right at league average. I should say, I want to see it closer short. to 20% or so that we saw in 2018, 2020, in 2021, we saw it down to 16%. This year was 15. I think it can get there. That's essentially what I'm seeing with this. Gallon isn't hurting you as he's figuring it out. And I think there's another tier for him to go so i figured all right we're in a good place with him and i expect better in more time so i'm going to keep raising him up
1: yeah and and i know how much uh, you love zach gallon i know how badly you know you want to just keep moving him up the list and obviously just a great testament to your discipline as a as a pitcher ranker that you you stick to the numbers you stick to the facts and you don't just put zach gallon number one like you know okay you i'm an emotional man but i'm not a blind man uh speaking of emotional but not blind i just have to say it it pains me it frustrates me to see clayton kershaw at 25 with that ace is going to ace label but i understand that it's actually very similar in a lot of ways to otani uh you know you're going to get a lot of fantastic work from clayton kershaw you know when he's on the mound he is going to be lights out with the ratios the strikeouts haven't been some games have been there some games not as much but i know that you're not positive how many innings you're going to get from kershaw when he's going to randomly take three weeks off for a back or a, the rib or whatever it is that 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 ails him so i get it i'm i'm emotional nick but i'm not blind and i know why clayton kershaw's there at 25 uh, is there anyone else in tier four that that you feel you need to touch on uh a lot of guys kind of staying where they're at in frankie Montas, peralta bassett lopez uh pablo lopez that is dylan cease and aaron nola
2: Right. I uh, yeah, I mean Kershaw is Tatiaga, right? The ace that is always going to ace. And I know it kind of should be who who is always going to ace, but the thing is it's that which isn't human, thus you use that. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it's whatever. It's Tatiaga. It works. And yeah. uh he's he's still great. I mean, I think a lot of people will be really shocked to hear how great Kershaw has been. It's a one ERA and a 0.73 whip with a 29% strikeout rate and a 3% walk rate. That's just no.
1: So all those numbers paint the picture and all that. Yeah, that was great. But, uh, all you needed to do was just, you know, let, let me tell you, my dad sent a group text the other oh, well, day there that, it had, is. that said, uh, I believe word for it was Clayton Kershaw, uh, is pitching like a Cy Young candidate or Cy young contender. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know about how I love it. Kershaw's pitching. Oh, I love it so much. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, I, I didn't know that. And
2: now I do. <laughs> so, uh, uh but any, if if anyone besides Kershaw again, understand of course the injury risk is still very much present, but no, I mean, I think we've, you know, nothing's really changed
1: with any of these guys. We can move on to tier five. All right. So, uh, tier five, you know, I got to start with, you will not believe the pitcher that is dropped precipitously. So much, 12 whole spots all the way into tier five. And you're going to find out exactly who that is right after this ad break. All right, thanks for hanging in there with us. I know uh, you're sitting there during the ads. You're like, man, these ads are so great, but Miles really got me, really got me on the front end. That, that, that was rough of him. Uh, well, let me tell you, that pitcher that dropped all the way to tier five is one of the following names. I'm going to list out the names so Nick can think about the tier, and it is Shane Bieber, you Darvish, Jose Barrios, Charlie Morton. Luis Severino, Luis Castillo. uh, It was Shane Bieber that dropped all the way to, to tier five. You remember from last week's podcast or the list last week, you know, Shane Bieber was not at 27 in tier five. Nick, what is tier five? Why, what is it called? Why is it called that? It's called the Yamaha piano because you, you know, it sounds like an
2: ACE, but is it an ACE? Is it truly a Steinway? I don't think so. And, um, you know, I believe that's the correct piano brand, and <laughs> I don't uh, know anything about piano. Yeah. So I
1: cannot, I cannot There's help. There's someone is with shouting
2: piano. at me right now, I uh, but but yeah, you know, it's it sounds like an A You know, like oh, I press the note and it and it's that's a C four. You know, but um, <laughs> no, they're they, these guys are the ones that we hope can be that again for you, and they haven't quite gotten there. I mean, Shane Bieber obviously dropping twelve spots velocity is down it was down to 92 miles per hour in his peak he was over 94 um, if not close to 95 even yeah um even in at 93 Shane Bieber can be very very effective and that's fine but it's not just being at 90 it's he didn't get whiffs on a slider in his curveball since last start and command has just been spotted the entire time and it it's not great now Obviously, that last start against the Jays, Shane Bieber showed the floor, and that's not what we expect him to be. And he's probably like an SP3 through the year of having some of these bad starts, some moments of excellence. I mean, everyone Mm -hmm. inside his top 50 is going to have that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I will also raise him up here on the, you know, with the weight that he can be a top 10, top 15 guy again. So, yeah, Shane Bieber, we're hoping for the best, but I think it was kind of time for us to recognize, no, I would rather have uh, Frankie Montas right now than Shane Bieber. I think that's what you have to do, and he's at 27.
1: Yeah, I actually really like uh, the, the way that you named this tier. I know a lot of times people give you a hard time for it, or, you know, it's crazy, it's out there, and, and, and that's all true. This was absolutely insane and crazy and out there, but it actually does ring true because every one of the pitchers in this tier is someone who has spent time recently as high as a top 10 pitch on the list. Maybe Jose Brios has not quite reached that. that Yeah. He's
2: the only exception I was thinking there. Uh,
1: But he, but he's had time as a top 20 pitcher. Uh, He's probably spent some time in that, that 15 to 20 range. Bieber, Darvish, Morton, Severino, and Castillo have all in the last two years been at points, a top 10 pitcher. Severino may be the only exception because he's been injured for so long. But the last time we saw him on the list I I he was he was definitely top 10 uh at points back in 2019. So uh mm-hmm. these are all pitchers that you look at them on your roster, you're like, of course I want to start you Darvish. This guy was this guy's a top five pitcher. Of course I want to start Charlie Morton. And then and then you see what they've been doing lately and you see the notes that they're playing, and it's not quite there. Uh I know there are people out there who want to hear about Charlie Morton, who want to know he just had that start on Sunday. Uh, I believe it was five innings, uh, no run, no earned runs. Uh, you know, the whip was, I think sub one by the end of it, it might've been right at one. Um, but was that, you know, it's, it's not always easy to tell. Was that real? Was that real? Nick, is that a sign of things to come for Charlie Morton or is it just, he just got a little lucky?
2: Yeah. So Charlie Morton had a better fastball and that's a good thing, right? Charlie Morton's fastball is kind of the everything pitch, uh, him. a 33% CSW in that one and 18% swing strike rate. And if he can do that with consistency, then everything is going to be fine. Now, I don't think that Charlie Morton had the best command overall with his heaters in this game, Uh, but, you know, 17% uh, CSW is not so great for his four-seamer. It Mm -mm. is a step forward with the curveball, though, and if we can see more of that, then I think he'll be fine with the fastball. The good news is that the velocity is 95.5 on that fastball in the last start, um, which is identical to what it was in 2021. That's very, very good news. And if there's, you know, we don't really know when the curtain is pulled back, um, when yeah. he's revealed to be his true self again. Um, we look back in, you know, the end of the year and say that, uh, you know, Max Freed had, oh man, after his first three starts, he had a 2-5-e-array the rest of the way. But we didn't right. know in the fourth start that that was going to happen. Right. So I hope that's what we get with Charlie Morton now. I know pull back the curtain and you see the true self, not my best line
1: I've ever said. But anyway, <laughs>
2: well, uh, Charlie Morton, hopefully this is the step in the right direction.
1: The The concern for me when you hear pull the curtain back and reveal true self is it's not so much how horrible of a line that is. And that's OK, Nick, you know, they're not all winners, but it's it's that we don't know, though. We don't know yeah. if Char- if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and especially for someone like Charlie Morton, who's 37, 38 now, uh, there's always that concern that at, uh, there's a day that's going to come and, and the, the stuff just isn't there anymore. The velocity's not there anymore. Uh, when you draft a pitcher at the age that Morton is, there is going to be that concern that you're drafting him in the year that he's no longer that pitcher we expect him to be. So when, you, when, I, he, when I heard that, when you said that, my focus was less on the words and more on the, I'm, I'm not sure if what he's saying is good or bad. I don't know right. if that's good or bad thing for Charlie Morton. And that's the concerning thing. Sure. And we don't know it yet. It's not
2: like that starts to say, Oh my God, everything is fixed. We're fine, but it's not bad. You know, it's not like he had a success. And I go, no, this is Sonny Gray getting his outs with <laughs> fastballs and not breaking right. balls. And we know that's not him. No, right. good curveball, high velocity in the fastball and it worked. So hopefully that sticks.
1: Yeah, and then and, and this is a tier of a lot of pitchers where I, I get the sense that by the end of the year, none of them are going to be in the twenty-seven to thirty-two range. And we don't know if they're gonna be right. higher or lower. One way that. or That's the other. Day. Yeah. They're they're going one way or the other. Maybe Jose Brios just stays right where he is because well he again, is the great
2: he is the great undulator. And if you haven't seen the SP roundup graphic that Justin made for that, it is the most out there graphic he has ever made. And that says a lot. <laughs> I was an absolute just shock when i saw it and look i get it it's a 534 era right now 167 wimp and this is the most i've been referencing ratios just to help give an understanding of the performance thus far but when it comes to my rankings i am not focusing on those numbers it has been roughly five starts for everybody that is such a small sample that is not anything that you should be focusing on it should be how is their repertoire performing is this something that we've seen before what is the believability right. uh, and all that fluidity and with brios it's we have this conversation all the time the man is the great undulator he always goes up and down on the x axis the x axis being about a 365 era he's going to get there he has these stretches where he's really bad it just happens to be right now He just happens to be all contained in the same spot. He's actually, believe it or not, had six starts, and two of them have come with one earned run. So let's just not freak out so much about Barrios and two bad starts on uh, April 8th and May 5th.
1: Yeah, well, and and again, you know, as you mentioned, it's all about the skills. It's about what they're what they're bringing on the mound, and not so much the ratios. But we are at a point in the season now where it's been enough starts that people are starting to look at those ratios, are starting to look at those season long numbers, and that's what's in their head when they're coming here, listening to the podcast, and then going to Google to search define undulator to figure out what <laughs> on earth you're talking about. To undulate uh, there- is like a flag in the wind; it goes up and down, up and down. To, they already Googled the term, Nick. That was, was a minute ago. You missed, you missed it. They paused. They went and Googled. And then they're back and they're like, oh, okay, thanks, Nick. Uh, there's one other pitcher here that I want to make sure to, to ask about. Uh, and, and I know there's absolutely no data on him because he's coming back from a shoulder injury uh, and he has not pitched yet this year. Uh, and he's going to pitch tonight, but he hasn't. I don't believe he started pitching yet. And even if he has, I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, you're focused on me here and not watching Luis Castillo pitch, but uh Luis Castillo Sitting at, at 32 right now on the list. Uh, this is where he is right now. He just came back from injury. You have no date on him this year. No, no, no footage, no nothing. He's gonna go one of two ways. The odds of him staying where he is in tier five, staying at 32, highly unlikely. So, Nick, I ask you here before he starts his two-start week, before you get to rank him next week, which direction do you anticipate Luis Castillo going? If you're a betting I, man, if you if I'm going back or forward. Yeah, are you is is a week from today. Is Luis Castillo hey, yeah. going to be higher than 32 or lower than
2: 32? Yeah. So I'm going to say this is either I can, he can t- take a step forward. Or he's going to take a step back. I'm going to say he's going to jump up. Um, but no, I, I, I'm i just really excited about this because I remember testing Fangraph's tool for months and weather or essentially in certain uh, temperatures. How do they perform? And I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is a tool. Let me see. Under 55 degrees. What is it? Who has the worst E-ray? And there was Luis mm-hmm. Castillo. And I was like, "Yep, this tool works just fine," and we, we we're out of the way of April. This is great. This is like the dream. You know, you don't have to deal with any of that. Uh, hopefully, it's still nice weather here. I'm in I am in Brooklyn, and like it's been <laughs> 40 degrees or whatever. But Luis Castillo, I hope is going to be the good side of it. He threw 4.1 innings in his rehab start beforehand. I didn't get a word on uh, how many pitches, but I assume that means around 75-80 and he should be good to go so i'm excited for this two start week it's not the toughest opponents either for luis castillo i'm excited for what we're going to get
1: yeah i actually i have him in um, tgfbi or maybe scarf i can't remember one of the two nfbc leagues that i'm in and i had to make a decision this morning on if i'm throwing him out there in a two-star week and you said yes and I, I, No, i, I my pitching is actually really good i actually i didn't have I, I did not have like an easy person to take out how league, did so you how did pitching. you get good pitching who are you listening to I know, right? It's wild. Uh, man. And there are other, there are other. Here's the other thing there are other pitcherless people in this league. Adam Slugs mm. in this league. Yeah. Uh, now I'm actually surprised. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Yeah. King, King, King <laughs> Hippo's in this league. Like there's some, there's some good people. Oh, there, there. you go. So, uh, nice. Uh, anyway. Uh, so that's tier five. Any other pitchers here in tier five you feel, uh, I mean, need to, you need to touch on?
2: Any, anywhere you have about Luis Seferino, uh, I believe in his that his velocity is there. And generally, the last thing when it comes to, you know, recovering from Tommy John is, the secondary feel and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that later a little bit with Mike Clavanger but we saw glimpses of it working out and I think that Severino will be getting there so stick, stick strong with Luis Severino because he's throwing hard and it looks pretty dang good
1: yeah. And, and you mentioned Mike Clevenger, you know, reminds me we're here at, at uh, number 32 on the list of Luis Castillo end of tier five. There's a lot of pictures left that I know people want to hear about, like Mike Clevenger uh, and George Kirby and some of these other guys. And I yeah. think Nick, we might go a little long on this podcast. Wow. You're, you're supposed to not say it and see you know, if I'll actually remember or not. But here's the thing no. though, Nick. Here's the thing. How many on the corner <laughs> episodes? How many, how many on the corner episodes do I get to be on? Right. I this is true. If I'm curious. Here... We might go a little bit long
2: in this podcast if we keep debating this. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So tier six. <laughs> <laughs> tier six. Yes. Tier, tier six. All right. Uh tier six. We got a lot of interesting names here. A lot of a lot of names of uh, uh pitchers that I've actually got on a lot of my rosters. I'm very happy about this here. So we got Kyle Wright, Trevor Rogers, Nathan Avaldi, Logan Gilbert, Ty Lord McGill. Uh, Joe Ryan, Jesus Lazardo, and Eric Lauer. I never thought I'd see the day that Eric Lauer is this high on the list, even as it's happening live in front of my eyes and on a lot of my fantasy teams, believe it or not. Uh, Nick, what is tier six called and why is it called that? This is
2: the saga tier. And it's filled with guys that can be soon aces gonna ace.
1: How? <laughs> wait oh my god i was like where's the saga thing coming into it and that's yeah just that's S-A-G-A. that's courtesy
2: of twitch chat today thank you all for that um but yeah, there are a lot of these pictures that are where they are because they haven't been doing it for very long so cal Wright, joe ryan Tyler mcgill jesus lazardo eric lauer really stand out in this way of being these guys that all right if they keep doing what they're doing they will have the aga label eventually but because it's so recent in such a small sample of it, it right. will take some time. Logan Gilbert and then also could Nathan Navalny,
1: just the old man of the group. Here.
2: And it, with, with Trevor Rogers as well. And Rogers could get it back as well. We'll talk about that. Right. I did want to mention Logan Gilbert very quickly of, I don't like his secondaries. And the last start we just saw is when he got exposed for being so fastball reliant. Mm. Um, slider is a, more of like a cutter. Uh, and in that it's a tight, uh, tight movement to it and not really the big looping one. And that means that he's not really getting any whiffs on it. And this changeup is not developing as we wanted it to and that we heard in spring training. So it really has become more of a fastball-focused approach for Gilbert, and he needs something else. It was the thing that brought uh, volatility last year for Gilbert. And it isn't going away necessarily, even though it's been a really nice start. It's kind of just gone his way it didn't go well, well his way over the weekend and i hope that he can figure it out
1: yeah and, and i mean seattle's done such an amazing job with all their young pitchers i mean obviously matt brash has not turned out the way that you know we wanted to this year so far but uh a lot a lot of hope a lot of excitement there uh logan gilbert being one of them i mean there's a lot of hope in seattle in general it's, it's wild it's yeah crazy. it's great it's really cool can can't wait for them to miss the playoffs again.
2: Uh oh, so we've- <laughs> wow, you're you're a Dodgers fan and you're doing that.
1: Uh, that's so cool. It's just, you know, it's just fun. No, it's not. Uh so so we got Kyle Wright here. Uh he's at the top of the tier. He's uh he was someone that I remember in your bold prediction from years ago. Uh when you said he was going to have be better than any Cincinnati Reds pitcher including Luis Castillo and he is so close to finally years later surpassing Luis castillo on the list ah, uh what what's ah, what's the future hold for kyle wright oh is that right did i actually do that that's that's so bad i um, believe it was kyle wright and one other braves prospect pitcher bryce wilson uh, Soroka, maybe probably like that. yeah it um, might have been Soroka, been but it was that. like these two uh, guys are better than every red starting pitcher combined i think I that's like,
2: pretty okay. funny um kyle Wright's had three really great starts really ending with that uh marlins outing where he went uh seven full i believe or maybe it was six full it was a, it was phenomenal, uh, but the last two we've seen worse command from him. He's gotten through them, and there's something to be said about pitchers, as I mentioned with Scherzer, when they're at their worst, it's still they still find a way to not be horrible and keep their teams in games and everything. And maybe mm-hmm. that's all it has been. I at the same time I can't you know knock away the little bit of worry that says hmm. Is this the the magic wearing off a little bit on Kyler Wright? I don't know. But the curveball is so dang good. And that's fantastic. And I hope just we see more of it. I hope we see more of Kyler Wright and uh, rebounding and being his best self than the wild stallion of old.
1: Yeah. And so you mentioned Kyle Wright's uh, recent run, including up until his start against Miami. Uh, Let's talk about the Miami starting pitcher, Trevor Rogers, who has tumbled down into this tier of all the pitchers here. Everyone's moving up. Everyone's excited. It's so much, you know, Hey, Hey, so much potential here, right. This could be great. These are guys are all sagas, right? Uh, But Trevor Rogers, you know, finds himself in this tier from dropping seven spots, being in tier five a week ago. Uh, What's going on with Trevor Rogers. Can he turn it around? yeah so this might be a major shock for a lot of people nick trevor rogers just went
2: five innings and zero earned runs and you dropped him seven points yeah because again i don't care as much about era and whip and stuff and well actually it the stuff is what i care about (laughs) and his his wasn't great i the main problem with trevor rogers in my view is he still has a good fastball awesome but the changeup and slider are not nearly what they were in the first half of last year. Changeup used to be, you know, over 20% swing strike rates and consistently gained them. He would turn to a constantly lefty right. It didn't matter. Um, and the slider would be able to get a strike whenever he needed it and he even get some whiffs on its own. And in this start, we saw two, I believe, two over 34 changeups and sliders combined go for whiffs. And it's still an issue. It's still a problem that Rogers hasn't addressed. So that here goes another week goes by trevor rogers has not done the thing that we need him to do so that means all right i'm gonna keep pulling him down not so far like if this is who he is he's not going to be off the list but he's not you know i have more faith in Luis severino charlie morin at least had the velocity and a good curveball kyle wright is still being great i mean there are all these different guys that are just constantly proving one thing while rogers stuff is not doing the thing i want to do
1: yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's always tough because when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, Trevor Rogers, young pitcher, uh, he could figure it out. He could turn it around. They there may just be an adjustment that needs to be made, but uh, you're right. As you mentioned, uh, these other pitchers have shown it. They have, you have seen it from them. And so you have to kind of give them uh, uh, the benefit of the doubt that you can't give Trevor Rogers currently, uh, unfortunately, exactly. as, much as, as much as a lot of people would love to give him that benefit yeah. of the doubt. Because whenever you got those young pitchers, it's exciting. Um, there's one other picture I have to ask about in this tier, and that's Eric Lauer. How is he doing it, and 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 just what what's happening?
2: What, the, what great, is happening? Yeah, there. What is happening? That's my line, <laughs> Miles. I there was a great article on the Athletic about Eric Lauer just all of a sudden mimicking Araldo Chapman and then throwing harder, and he started. You know doing what? It, if that's
1: all I needed to do, like you know, let's all you know, all just honestly, mimic I get Chapman. it.
2: I remember sometimes doing some different windups just to kind of feel like, you know, feel different with it. And there were certain times I I realized, oh, wait, when I do this, I get my timing better with my arm and stuff. Um, But Eric Lauer started throwing harder last spring. And uh, I believe in April, even during a bullpen, he just took some extra pitches and did this. And so it's a process of getting that velocity up and actually I'm sitting higher. And it was 92.5 last year after being 91 before. And this past year, I mean, right now it's at 94 uh, and he has a 22% swing strike rate on his four seamer. I mean, I don't think you really need to know much more than that. Uh, It's intent up in the zone. The slider has benefited as well. Now as an 18% swing strike rate on 41% of swing because it's paired with that harder velocity. Um, While the cutter earns strikes uh, 61% of the time and is a fine at number three pitch um, with curveballs flying in. At a 41% CSW and 72% strikes. That's insane. So he has this really nice mix that's going on right now. While batters need to respect the four-seamer that is apparently hard to hit at 94 up in the zone. It's great. It's wonderful. We just haven't seen it for a long time. And yeah. I, I, as long as Lauer keeps doing this, he's going to keep rising. And I'm very, very happy to see it.
1: Yeah, let's uh let's hope so. Cause again, it's it's been really fun to watch him pitch lately. So uh, here's hoping he can keep doing it. Uh is there anyone else in this tier that you want to touch on before we move on to tier seven? No, no. Tyler and McGill is cool. Just keep please
2: <laughs> tell him to uh to throw ninety six instead instead of ninety four point five. I mean Well maybe I'll, if I'll he just
1: it. if he just mimics a of chapman, he can just do it. Yeah, think, there it is. You know, Done. No, he's mimicking DeGrom, like,
2: so I think that's okay
1: yeah well uh don't mimic him too closely you know M- mimic what he does on the mound and then and then leave the rest of the stuff for DeGrom to to do can we get DeGrom back on the mound though that'd be really cool oh, yeah, uh yeah tier- <laughs> thank you. yeah Nick pull some strings you're in New York uh nice. tier seven uh, uh tier seven a lot of interesting pictures here a lot of guys that I took a lot of shots on uh as well uh Sean Minaya Alex Wood Alex Cobb Patrick Sandoval Nestor Cortez Jr. Uh, Jordan Montgomery and ter- ter- yeah, I can't even say his name. Scooble. That guy. Tarek Scooble. Uh, what is Tier 7? What is it called? Why is it called that? Uh, I'm going to call it a one-bedroom apartment. Um,
2: why? Because why? it's better than a studio. And you're like, hey, I got a one-bedroom and this is cool. Is it a loft? No. Is it your own home? No. But hey, you're going to be happy that you got your one-bedroom. It's yours. It's great. And you're not going to get rid of it.
1: You know, since you've compared it to a studio, I expect one of the the uh, tiers later to be called the studio. No, Uh, I I try
2: and and change it up. I try not to cross reference, you know, because that just gets to be one category and everything is part of it. And yeah, no,
1: why don't you do that? You should your tiers should just strictly be what you find on Zillow filter features just go down the whole thing start at mansion all the way at the top yeah and, and then make then a way the all way down. box
2: yeah exactly
1: okay. that's that's the last tier. Uh, i don't fun, think you though. Find that's those just on that's zillow. just
2: one theme
1: and then for 14 times you get the joke it's done you know I don't, I don't think you find cardboard boxes on zillow though nick although i might not be looking at the same filters as you. yeah you well, you're you're haven't tried in new york, in new york have, buddy i was about to say uh, <laughs> i mean i'm in i'm in, I'm in socal we, we anyway, have it rough here it's like alex fast years
2: to find a place the main story that matters here in tier seven. It really isn't much to talk about. Look, Manaya and Wood have been great, and they're great. What is throw 93? And that's awesome. Alex Cobb had the still ill outing, came back 95 miles per hour. The thing that is a splitter was excellent. Everything is cool. Thing, Nestor I Cortez so had a bad start and did not look like himself, and then was the best version of himself today against the Rangers. I was
1: about to say, so on Nestor Cortez, though, because I yes. I guarantee you you're going to get this question on the list you're going to get this question from people did today's start come into play yes, when you were making I, notes?
2: I have a rule of oh i should have put in the notes i might have removed them from last year that if the game ends before uh like four o'clock if it's going if it's, if it's a 1 p.m start i'm aware of it as i do it i feel like it's very silly for me not to include it because i know it's going on i'm not going to act like i don't know the thing that is going on that's more information that i would just be being ignorant for the sake of ignorance and laziness. So, I, I it did it. Didn't matter if it didn't see this excellent performance. I would have lowered him a little bit because it was a sign of things slowing down.
0: Yeah. And so you're.
1: you're it, he makes it into the eighth inning. He splits his banana in the eighth inning.
2: Yeah. So you don't uh, know. That's what we do in uh the pitchers Discord. He has a banana, or if it's a. Perfect game. It's a golden banana. Don't ask why. It's just what we do. <laughs> hey, think you got it. You got to keep
1: the magic. You get. You can't jinx it. You got to find yeah. out something. We've got banana. It works great. And then the banana splits. Right? Splits in the eighth inning. And even after all that, still only moving up one spot. Still sticking in tier seven. So there's, there's still a, again. Yeah. It, it's a, It's do about you what you think, see.
2: Do you think he should have moved higher? I mean, who do you push out? You know, Joe Ryan's amazing. It's Tyler McGill has with Lizardo. Sean Manai is. A rock. So is Alex Wood. So is Alex Cobb. And Nesta Cortez, there is this sense that I don't know if he's actually going to be able to perform at this level through the year. I know I made that mistake last year, yeah. and he certainly did well for a time, but it is still a smallish sample of this kind of performance. Right, right. Um, but maybe I am underrating it, and that's that. I mean, I think at this point it's not about um, if you pick him up or not. Like everyone obviously should have him picked up <laughs> two weeks ago right. after the very least after the Orioles start um but it's yeah it, i i can't say with the same conviction as the other guys and really the interesting story in this is not nestor cortez jr but patrick sandoval the irish Panada himself yeah, dropping three spots dropping three spots and last week i dropped him i believe seven i didn't really think much about it because everyone else was just that good that i had to do it and here i'm dropping three more and my reasoning last week amy said on this podcast uh I didn't feel great about the drop and I probably overreacted a little at the time. Um, Turns out you underreacted. But it, but essentially the what happened was that Chicago White Sox start confirmed a little bit of my fears of Sandoval in that he's too reliant on the changeup and the fastball and slider are too inconsistent that there'll be many days where he looks like a cherry bomb, essentially of uh, his changeup, trying to do the best he can but the fastball gets hit too hard and the slider isn't there to support it and we saw it again and and not against the white Sox. and it it has it's getting in my head a little bit about like is he just a good cherry bomb we haven't really seen a good stretch we saw that one seven inning game uh seven k's uh from sandoval but maybe he's actually six it was a good game and I don't know if I want that more than Minaya and wooden Cobb who have done similar things, but just seem a lot more stable. So it's not a bad ranking. He's inside the top 45, but yeah, Sandoval's trajectory of being an ACE. I don't know. If we're going to see that.
1: You're a little, you're a little bit, the star is fading a little bit for you on the, on the Irish Panda. A little, uh, yeah, and it, and it's tough. I mean, you're at this at the stage where you obviously as as you know the the pitching guy, right? You're you're the pitching guy on Twitter or whatever it is. Uh, you you see the potential your list, these, Miles. You see the potential in all these pitchers. You see what what the <laughs> path could be to to a right. for them. Um, and so even even for someone as low as Patrick Sandoval at 44, uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. at 45, Tex uh, Kubel at 47, you see the path. But it's just we're a little bit further, we're a little further away from the sure. that end result yeah. for
2: them. The uh are they gonna be good or bad, you know, for the panda isn't as
1: black and white as you want it to be. Right. I will I do want to ask Alex Wood, a couple of rough starts. Is there any concern about Alex Wood? Wow, you just completely moved past that panda joke. Okay.
2: Uh any concern for Alex Wood? He's throwing 93, which is harder than last year. Uh and that should make you very excited. No, I'm not worried okay. at all.
1: So then let's talk about a pitcher who people are concerned about. You dropped him eight spots. Uh, before we talk about him right away, let's talk about the whole tier. Tier eight, uh, Mike Clevenger, Michael Kopech, a couple of mics there. Luis Garcia, George Kirby uh, making his list debut. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Tristan McKenzie, Sonny Gray. Uh, Sonny Gray coming back from a hamstring injury, so he came back from unranked all the way to 54. Uh, Tyler Molly and Garrett Whitlock uh, here in tier eight. Uh, we got to start with Mike Clevenger made his first start last week, uh, coming back from, uh, what, uh, what is this, what is it called, called and ask? why I is could, it I called that? Yeah, that? yeah, that is, that is what I asked. Yeah. Sorry. Totally Joe straight ahead to yeah. Clevenger. Um, what is it called? this is, why is it called this up?
2: is chemistry class because, um, it's pretty cool. You're putting this, all this stuff inside of Earl and Meyer flasks, but you don't really know what's going to happen. And, but you still prefer to be doing this than getting bored, listening to a
1: lecture. So. I didn't class. do chemistry in high school. We only well, had to take two science classes. I did biology and physics. And I said, I hate science and I'm not taking chemistry. So wow. I did it.
2: I I took physics twice, took AP, bio, and I took chemistry.
1: And I kind of wish I did AP chem instead, but whatever. Well, uh, regrets notwithstanding about high school days of the classes we could have taken. <laughs> uh, Mike Clevenger made his first start last week coming back from a sprained knee after coming back from, I believe, Tommy, Tommy John. John. Yes. Yep. Uh, and it, it, it didn't look great. It didn't look great. The stats didn't look great, and to my completely untrained eye, it didn't look great. So what did you see, Nick, from Mike Clevenger, Uh, and, and where do you think he's headed from here? Right. Clevenger
2: did not have the velocity he want. It was 93.5 as opposed to the 95 that we saw pre-TJS, and the main thing about Clevenger was the, the breaking stuff. You know, that was huge. Slider and curveball, right? We didn't really see them at all. They weren't very effective in this start, and that's a little bit concerning. Do I believe that it's never going to come back for Clevenger? It could come back in his next start, Mm -hmm. but it's still not there now. And seeing these other guys that are more complete packages, I it felt that, you know, why would I be taking the risk? And maybe Clevenger is that, as opposed to the ones that, oh, yeah, these guys are great, and I feel good that they're going to continue to be great. This is the tier, tier eight of all right we uh, right before the last bastion of stability that is tier nine. So yeah. these are the final arms that have a ceiling that could be something great.
1: And and, and I feel like this, this is, is awesome. also where uh, for a lot of leagues, a lot of people listening, these are the types of pitchers that people are asking the question of, well, do I have to drop this guy? Do I need to drop this guy to make room? How Or how long can I hang on to this guy on my bench? Clevenger being a, a prime example. Uh, after that start, I could see a lot of people going, well, I don't know. I mean, I stashed him on my IL and now he's costing me a real roster spot. What do I do? Uh, is Clevenger. Someone, you know, how many starts are you hanging on to Clevenger for? Or is it, is it kind of going to be a case by case basis?
2: I mean, it's going to be uh, absolutely nuanced. Um, I don't think necessarily, I'm not worried that I'm going to have to drop Clevenger. I really don't. Um, I, I do think he will eventually get there, but again, it's not quite there now. And
1: mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how long. are not, you're not, you're not you're not thinking about you know if you're in a league where say george kirby you know you you, you might have had to decide between no, kirby and gonna, you think there's pitcher. other pitchers? yeah, yeah. And,
2: talk. and we can talk about kirby now who debuts at let's Pittsburgh. talk about kirby now kirby let's made his
1: mlb debut on sunday against yeah. the rays yeah freaking pitched great didn't get the yeah. win because it had to go to extra innings but man what a game from kirby Uh, What did it actually look like on the mound? What did you see from George Kirby? Uh, His four
2: seamer is really good. And I actually think he's similar to Logan Gilbert in that they both have this four seamer foundation. That's great. But they I don't know what the secondaries are for either one. Uh, George Kirby has, again, a slider that's kind of like a cutter. He only earned one whiff in this one. I don't know if that's going to ever be a whiff pitch for him. Mm -hmm. And the the curveball and the changeup were uh, whatever. The changeup had one really nice whiff. That was a check swing, but a really nice movement to it. But then nothing else that really startled me. Uh, The fastball is really good, though. There were 13 whiffs in this. Now six of those came in two consecutive at-bats in the first. (laughs) Just kind of funny. It was Randy Rosarena and uh, G-Man Choi. But it's a very good pitch that will keep him in games a lot. He did allow a decent amount of hard contact with the slider and with the, the fastball. I think it's a nice foundation, but I think the problem is, of course, the hard hit rate is gonna be decently high. 33% yeah. of the fastball, 20, I believe 29 or 27 on the slider so far. That's not gonna change. And unless I see something new with the secondaries, which I've heard from scouts and everything, that he has a full repertoire and we're gonna see all of this develop. And that sounds great from what I've seen so far. I uh, this is not going to be a top 25 SP if he's what he is now. Can it be a top 51? Yeah. I mean, it can be. It's just going to, you're going to have some volatility like we saw in the spring. You know, we saw George Kirby get hit a lot while Matt Brash was amazing. That's why Brash got the chance before Kirby. So that isn't necessarily going away after one start against the Rays. So keep that in mind. You should be picking up in all leagues and running with it and just seeing what happens. He gets the Mets next. That sounds cool to me. I believe he's pitching a day after I'm going. So whatever, it's fine.
1: uh yeah guess i'll see marco gonzalez instead that's whatever i'm fine with it i i really i really i i completely forgot to mention i wanted to mention when we talked about max scherzer you know you're out here crying about having to see marco gonzalez but you are going to get to see max scherzer uh, on friday uh because on saturday we're having our picture list meetup yes if you're uh, in new york
2: come to the commissioner at 4 p.m it's in um parkslope brooklyn 4 p.m eastern time come on by we'll be outside so you can see us uh yeah me Meet the staff, meet cool people. It's just it's gonna be great at the commissioner in Park Slope, four p.m. Eastern time, Saturday, May 14th. Pitcherless meetup. All
1: right. Uh the pitcher so, lift meetup. The pitcher the lift lift meetup. Yes. Last year, I guess when I called to make the reservation, they misheard me on the phone and said, Yeah, pitcher lift. That makes sense. <laughs> they put that on the sign. Pitcher oh,
2: yeah. lift meetup. By
1: the way, if you don't know Miles Nelson well, he is the director of staff
2: here at Pitcherless. So
1: I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that we're doing this. Uh, we, we're well over an hour into the podcast. We've really gone long on this one. Okay, so Mike really Clevenger drops. Uh, Michael Kopech also dropped. Dropped six spots. Uh, what's the concern for Michael Kopech? Yeah, we, we we are going
2: to speed this up just for the sake of, of Miles and pretty much Brevity. all of you. Uh, so Sorry. Kopech fastballs are going to be are too heavy of reliance right now. And that's an issue if you ask me because I think I, the reason I was excited about Kopech was the slider really being a big pitch too. Yeah. he's just been kind of slider, curveball, whatever, and a lot of fastballs, which are coming at 94, 95, and not like 95 to 97, like I thought we would see. So it's not quite the Kopech that I want. I'm a little worried at the moment that he's not a polished, as nearly as polished as I thought he'd be.
1: But we'll see. We'll see if he can work out the kinks and uh, really develop and blossom. I hope he can. I drafted him everywhere. Garrett Whitlock and Sonny Gray, both jumping up into this tier. Gray, obviously coming back from a hamstring injury, Garrett Whitlock jumping 15 spots uh, and multiple tiers to get here into tier eight. Uh, who, are, who are you more excited for? Do you see big things for either of these pitchers moving forward?
2: So Sonny Gray is more of just like, all right, you're going to deal with Sonny Gray. And that's that. Uh, and Garrett Whitlock is, uh, is exciting. A lot of whips on his on his sinker in the last start. And, I think if you have Whitlock in your league right now, you just got to grab him as he's taking the rotation spot instead of Tanner Houck in that Boston rotation.
1: You go after this and don't really think twice. Anyone else in this tier that you need to talk about? We're moving on, baby. Let's go. Moving on. Tier nine, tier nine, uh, is Meryl Kelly, Eduardo Rodriguez, Jose arquiti Carlos Carrasco, Fran valdez Ian Anderson. God, that hurts me to see him drop so far. I love mm-hmm. Ian Anderson, Miles Michaelis, jameson Tyon. Love seeing him here. And Drew Rasmussen, rah rah, Rasmussen. What is this tier and why is it called that?
2: Uh, it's called the cement. Isn't it cement oh, no. at the bottom of the house? It's like the final
1: bastard. Yeah, facility. like the, the foundation, the concrete. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: that's the last thing you got, you know uh usually I mean, it's, it's the these- first
1: thing people put down just for the record it's not the last thing it's the first thing
2: mm. well so yeah but if you go down into it like oh no i need stability it's the sure. last one before that is the stability the world <laughs> you get literally the world uh, yeah. i i mean this is like this is kind of like toby a and this is what i've was saying on twitch a bit is i i, I really starting with tier 8 it's okay it's exciting you know it's like ceiling versus toby and goes back and forth so it's like exciting mm-hmm. a and then toby a and then exciting b and, b, then, toby, and then toby b P. and so on yeah right so this is the first one of it you're gonna see a lot of guys here the biggest movers jameson tyone and carlos carrasco carrasco i've talked a lot about where last week i was down on him because he you know really didn't have his slider and changeup, and he had the uh had atlanta and then the phillies in his next two starts what do you know he dominates atlanta out of nowhere And everyone's well, I mean, he was doing well before that bad start. But still, it was so good. And now he gets Phillies next. So I'm like, all right, you know what? He belongs in Toby A because of this. Um, James and Tyone, uh, I was worried about two starts against the Jays. I just didn't want to have on my team. I didn't feel like he was so good that he deserved to be on my roster, which meant he was at the end of the list. He was great against the Jays. And now he gets the Jays and the Orioles. And it's like, all right, I think you've turned into Toby A now. So he or he is there and michaelis is not going to keep striking guys out so he drops eight spots there you go we're going yeah. fast drew dropped nine spots but he had, i mean he did well uh last week well he's a toby I mean, and not the cutter slider whiff machine that he was two starts ago and that's what i was go. hoping we'd see and that's why Ra rasmussen was this sp roundup because i was like uh-oh
1: it's not it all right uh so toby a again merrill kelly eduardo rodriguez yeah that's the canadian Valdez. tobies yeah love it uh moving on to tier 10 some interesting names some names uh some 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 new names a lot of new names actually three uh unranked previously unranked pitchers see if you can figure out who they are so tier 10 is mackenzie gore tony gonsolin josh winder or winder don't know kyle bradish uh, or bradish uh chad cool uh john gray michael lorenzen and spencer strider three of those pitchers coming from unranked tony gonsolin jumping 21 spots what is tier 10 and why is it called that
2: it's called the mirror because you're looking deep and saying, "I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me."
1: These are the guys that before they go out and start, they have they they have to go <laughs> yeah, to the bathroom, got- they have to What's look on? in the mirror, they got to tell themselves, we they got the to remind themselves to them.
2: You know, we're shaking them, be like, "Come on, man, you can do it. <laughs> you can be that guy." And so, like Tony Gonsolin at 21, I uh, sorry at 67, spots yeah, at 67. I uh, I was I think underrating I didn't realize how well he was actually performing and the reason for my hesitations was the velocity was a little bit down I think it came back up a little bit And slider I don't quite know if it is that pitch that you want it to be still I uh, and that's pretty much what my head was before but I recognize that yeah you're going to just keep kind of starting Tony Gonsolin and hope for the best at this point and he deserved to be um, yeah. in tier 10 here.
1: Well, this also being a fantasy ranking, you have to think about the fantasy categories. Gonsolin does not pitch deep into games. They do not let him pitch deep into games. Mm. So what are the odds of him getting a win? Not very likely. He's not going to rack up a ton of strikeouts. So it's like you're almost pitching a long reliever at this point, um, which they have value. There's a guy here who was a long reliever earlier this season from being unranked to on the list. Spencer Strider. Yeah. What a year he's having so far uh are you at all concerned that it, him being a starter as opposed to coming in out of the bullpen is going to affect the the level of his stuff so here's the thing this might be the most controversial one
2: because technically strider isn't pitching until next tuesday or next monday what's going on is that the, the atlanta has two days off this week that allows them to do a four-man rotation and strider would be stepping in as the five as he was the the follower over the weekend and through about 70 mm-hmm. pitches I'm very excited about this. It was four innings of zero and runs, I believe, eight strikeouts. I mean, okay. Hi, Spencer Strider. Isildur is air come forth and yeah. take over your throne. So <laughs> he throws hard, and he has a nice slider. His command, I think, is a little questionable. I think you're going to see more of a cherry bomb over time. But, yeah, you have to have Spencer Strider uh, when that time arrives. Now, you can play chicken with your league mates if he's still out there right now. He's not going to start for another week. So if there's something that's definitely going to help my team now, I'm going to take that instead. That's why Strider's already down mm-hmm. 73. But if he's starting like tomorrow and then inside the rotation, he's probably jumping up this tier a bit. Um, I could even make a case that he'd be right with Garrett Whitlock at 56 and 57. Uh, I'm excited about it, but it could be a brash situation a little bit because of the uh the questionable command. But I think it's a little bit right. better with Strider um with his fastball, just get it in the zone and you should be fine
1: yep yep gotta get in the zone gotta get uh, out of zone <laughs> there you go uh another pitcher coming from being unranked two two great starts last week uh a very uh you know a uh, highly picked up player across all leagues josh winder is that real is it legit can he keep doing this
2: so i locked in josh winder and cal bradish together um at 16 and 69 because they to me are are both kitchen sink guys like that you normally would see like a toby at kitchen sink 90 to 91 Mm-hmm. Who's are both throwing 94 instead. And that allows them to get a little bit more strikeout ability with it. Right mm-hmm. now. The question is also how polished are those secondaries and how uh, definitive are they going to be uh, moving forward? Uh Winders on the better team, with the twins more win chances, all that fun stuff. Well, Bradish, of course with the Orioles, but I kind of <laughs> see them very similarly. Uh, And I think they should be rostered for the most part. Um, I think they can help through the year, especially considering that. Well, one thing bradish has for him is that he's not getting ousted in baltimore while no. josh winder with paddocks likely turned to the ILI pretty much assigned it to him already he's in there for a moment um and hopefully that sticks through the year for him
1: yeah a lot more competition there in minnesota even pitching as well as he is it's tougher to hold that spot i mean anything is almost anything maybe colorado and cincinnati are less competitive than the orioles rotation but uh yeah a L- little more stability there for Bradish uh, than Winder. Anyone else in tier 10 you feel the need to touch on?
2: Uh, I just want to mention John Gray left today's game with a knee injury. We didn't really know what it was, so <sighs> put the injury tag on it. We still don't know if that's going to affect things. Uh, Mackenzie He's Gore, pushing he gets so well. this rotation. I know. Well, he had us a slider working. That's great. Uh, Mackenzie Gore uh, fell four spots because we still don't really know what is going to happen with Gore. And he isn't doing so well with the secondaries. I don't know. It's kind of weird what Mackenzie Gore is. Well Michael Lorenzen is so close to being a Toby, but every so often has that little bit of strikeout upside something. Like, All right. Kind of like the Josh Winder uh Kyle Bradish thing. And hey, Chad Cool, you're throwing tons of sliders and it's kind of crazy. And I uh, maybe this works. We'll
1: find out. Uh do you dare start Chad Cool in Colorado? And that's a no. Well, uh, if he did last week, he would have been rewarded for it. That's true. Uh and and John Gray leaving with that that knee injury that I mean that sucks. Hopefully it's not a sign of things to come for him again, uh, as that was uh, that's what left him off the list to begin with, was that he was out with a knee injury. All right. Tier 11. A uh, lot, lot of lot of names here. A lot of names here. Uh, I don't know if they're good or bad, but you know what? Here they are. Tyler Anderson, Chris Flexen, Dane Dunning, Jacob Junis. Uh, we need more uh, alliteration in here, Nick. You need to get some other. Uh, trying. Um, Cal Quantrill, Paul Blackburn, <laughs> Bruce Zimmerman, and Nick Martinez round out tier 11, bringing us from ranking 74 to 81 on the list. Nick, what is this tier? Why is it called that? It's called unsolicited advice. Yikes. Because you don't know if you want it, but sometimes you can be really good uh you know it it hurts because i i'm starting Flexen and zimmerman in a few leagues right I, you know what you know, that's exactly how i feel yeah uh, and here, here's the thing so
2: so dean dunning is a command freak right now like he's he's essentially a vargas rule um as i believe three starts now of just really good command jacob junis is so interesting his slider is as elite as it ever was with a lot of called strikes and sinkers had that start with his changeup killing it and mm. then hasn't really had it since um, but Tyler Anderson, yeah, he's as Toby of a Toby and Cal Quantrill is in Blackburn and Bruce Zimmerman's working out as a streamer. And Hey, Nick Martinez, he went seven innings, one run. I dropped him three spots, but don't think about the ranking. He's exactly the same place that he was before.
3: Uh, right.
2: it's, we just don't really know, uh, if he's going to blossom or not at this point.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, Tyler Anderson in the Dodgers rotation for now, uh, you know, and, and who, I mean, who knows whatever they're going to do with their starting pitchers, um, can Heaney come back? I never thought I'd say that. He's a Toby.
2: Uh, he's a Toby. That's what he was last year. He's in a better position being on the Dodgers with the winning yep. Balka, but he's still a Toby, and that's all he is. Uh
1: and then uh it's Toby B. Uh, Jacob B-T- Junis coming from yeah, this is Toby B. Uh Jacob Junis was previously unranked, so he's he's made his way onto the list here. Uh tier 12. Uh this is this isn't these are I don't well, I don't know what you're gonna call this. Ranger Suarez, Madison Bumgarner, Steven Matz, Marco Gonzalez, Kyle Hendricks, Corey Kluber, and Kyle Gibson oh boy what what is this toby's
2: seats here so it's called the spirit airlines uh oh no you're flying okay you needed to get a flight and this is all you had
1: oh boy you're paying for bag fees with these guys saying man it's that you gotta pay to pick your seat uh i just i just want to know are any like should uh, never mind this is just not i don't like this here
2: yeah ranger swore is dropping dropping 15 spots and that's really the major thing kyle
1: Gibson's back on the list, but he's
2: a Toby and that's fine. But Ranger Suarez is, yeah, he's not doing the thing he did in 2021. Do I think that he's going to be this way for the rest of the year? No, I don't. I think there will be hints of that 2021 stretch that we saw last year from Ranger Suarez. Do I need to go after it right now? Not really. Uh, he's still someone I would be considering against the right teams. And I think with everybody in here, if they get a good matchup, you are going to start him. Save for Cal Hendricks, who has just turned into an opponent immune cherry bomb. Doesn't matter who he's facing. He's just, you don't know what he's going to be. And that's that.
1: Yeah. I just remember him blowing up against the pirates and I went out of all teams. How, how did he blow up against the yeah, pirates?
2: See, there you uh, go.
1: I would like to call this tier. I just wanted the, my first tier that I'm going to name. I'm going to call this a cold splash of water. Cause I, there's way too many pitchers on here that I know are on a handful of my teams. Oh, look and at I'm, that. I'll take it. Yeah. That sounds I good. I need to get them off my team. Hey, Steven Hendricks, yeah. Get them off my team. Uh, tier 13. Aaron Ashby, Reed Detmers, Christian Javier, Josiah Gray, Jordan Hicks, Hunter Green, Glenn Otto, and Tanner Hawk What is this tier called?
2: Oh, I thought that's what you were calling this. That's the perfect name for it. A cold. No,
1: shout. no, no. Cold, we were no, so cold excited. And this guy is the, like, is oh, no, favorite. it was
2: a realization of, all right, we need to wake up and move on with our lives. Um, now, Aaron Ashby is now in the rotation. And so he comes back into the list. But he's a stash play at the moment. And again, like we're talking about maybe with Spencer Strider, and that's the argument is that maybe you want to put Strider in this tier. But I think Strider's in a better place than these guys Strider's shown it.
1: Strider's shown it. Yeah, so
2: Aaron Ashby, you can play chicken again on the wire. Like, guys don't want to chase someone who just allowed six-run runs. Reed Demers doesn't have a slider. Christian Javier is getting skipped again with a six-man rotation, it's just really, really frustrating to deal with. Josiah Gray's command, he's an absolute cherry bomb and I just don't want to go with that. Hunter Green, what kind of velocity are we going to see? Jordan Hicks, I don't even know if it's that good when he actually gets fully stretched out. Glen Otto is okay. Maybe this does work, and Tanner Houck is kind of starting, but not starting, and do you really want to
1: deal with that? Ta-da, cold shower tier, your final seven I, tier. Of I just want to say I had a name for this tier as well when I was looking at it, and I would like to call this tier, this is the list of sleepers from everyone before the season started that didn't ah, pan out. So all the pitchers that we were like, "Ooh, Tanner Houck, I'm going to take him," and it's like, "Nope, that did not yep. work." Tier 14, uh, the last four, Jake Odorizzi. By the way, hold on, I just want to say on Christian Javier, I, I I did confirm he pitched yesterday in relief. So in relief uh, because they don't need the sixth starter this week with the day off. Okay, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty yeah, sure Javier got moved. So to he's the he's coming back on the the
2: rotation up. after that pass. So it's like Spencer Strider. So is he stash? Oh,
1: Weird. Man. Okay. Tier 14, four-hole pitchers. Jake, Odorizzi, Brad Keller, German, Marquez, and Aaron Savale. Nick, what is this final tier called? This is called the closed restaurant um, where the, you, you knock on the door and they go, what? You're still here? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you're trying to get them a, out. Trying to The only them
2: out. thing that's interesting to me, I mean, I can do this very really quickly. Jake Odorizzi, three straight starts of success, and that's really cool. Uh, I don't think it's going to last very long. Brad Keller essentially is a Toby, but he's just I think, worse than the other ones. Herman uh, Marquez is going to always be at 99 forever. And Aaron <laughs> Savali is actually throwing curveballs and cutters at 30% each. Finally, he didn't necessarily have the earned run success, but I think there's actually a lot of right. potential with that. It's a very interesting option um, that I'm going to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, this is this uh, this is this is a rough little end uh, of the list here. Jermon uh, Marquez, by the way, you say always at 99. That must have been your, your uh, conceit. You ranked him as high as 87 last week. And Marquez said, yeah, no, no, right. no, no, no. Get me back down to 99. Yeah. Herman
2: uh, Marquez. Sorry, buddy. You're just going to be at 99. Do you deserve to be on the list? Probably not. But you're just a cherry bomb. <laughs> if someone wants it, go ahead.
1: I, I just had to convince uh, a family member of mine who plays fantasy baseball to drop Herman Marquez. Uh, I actually had to, like, have a conversation. Some people love him, you know? Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Uh, so that is the list for week five. You did it, Nick. You, you, you ranked them all. You wrote about them. By the way, I know you listened to the whole podcast. And so therefore, you know everything there is No, You definitely didn't skip around. But read the notes if you're on the list. Oh, there's, please there's read context the notes. in notes. It's not just the list. Don't <laughs> just wrote go to the 30, list. 3,500 words today. <laughs> that's a lot I'm scrolling through I'm, I'm shocked at how much I'm scrolling and yet not a single mention of Nestor Cortez's split banana so you wrote 3500 words and you missed you missed like the most important 20 or so of them I mean, come right, on all right uh Nick what are you calling how you feel this week
2: wow I I feel like uh I'm tired because this has been a very long podcast and I don't want to thank everybody for listening if you haven't gotten pl plus you should get it and I want to thank miles Nelson for joining me today
1: Thank you. And for never coming back because Nick went, this is went way too long, but I had a lot of fun. I'm glad to be here. Thank you all so much and come back next week when uh, surely it'll be Alex fast again. Absolutely. So for, on behalf of miles, Nelson, my name is
2: Nick Pollock. I'll talk to you guys next week.